I'm Helen Monday and I'm the Chief Scientific Officer at the Food and Drink Federation. And it's my distinct pleasure to welcome you to this uh, automation and digitalization in the food and drink industry event. So I think uh, without further ado, I'm going to pass us on to this morning's first speaker. It's on the topic of getting started on the digital journey. And uh, Steve Brambley from Gambica is our first speaker. Welcome to you, Steve. I may not have heard of Gambica. We are the trade association for the automation, instrumentation and control industry. Um, so we're all about technology. Uh, our members, uh, over 200 of them, are all suppliers of, of automation, instrumentation, control technology. And uh, just taking a little bit of a sidestep, although I've talked about technology already, mentioned it several times, I'm not going to talk about technology in this particular session. I'm going to talk about getting started on the journey and that's more about the approach and it isn't about the technology itself. I'm sure plenty of other speakers as we go through the day and tomorrow will also speak about specific types of technology and their, their uses. So really I'm going to cover the, uh, the four steps as we see it to starting the digital journey. The first one is about setting objectives um, and, and I'll cover that in probably the most detail throughout this, this session. Then the second step is to look at the broader business impacts. So whatever you've decided to use uh, automation and digitalization for, there are probably many other impacts that ripple through the business and they, they need to be considered. Then we'll talk about how to scale uh, to your business needs. Not everything needs to be done in only one go, not everything's about massive uh, projects. And then finally, uh, bringing in the experts. How, how do you get some help uh, to, to get the best practice in, in the implementation of what you're looking to do? So let's start with setting the objectives. Um, I think really, the, 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 you know, if I left you with one piece of advice through, through this whole thing, it's not about starting with picking the technology you're after. Um, you shouldn't be saying there's a strategy that we must have robots or we must have uh, data-driven uh, use of what we're doing. You start with the problem that you're trying to solve or start with the goal that you're trying to achieve. So either you've identified in your business that there's something you'd like to improve or something you'd like to reduce, uh, or you've set yourself a goal strategically uh, to, to achieve something within the business. Then you look at what is the technology solution that best suits achieving that goal. So don't start with the technology, start with the problem, define what you're trying to achieve, define the goal that you're after, and then anyone who's coming along to try and advise you uh, and help you uh, and ultimately possibly sell you something uh, knows what it is that you've defined you're trying to achieve. Works much better that way rather than starting with uh, what's the solution and how do we implement it into our business. Many people start with um, you know the problems around things like improving their throughput rate because it's a more obvious thing to, to look at. You know we want to be able to make more of the product or meet a certain demand at a certain time of the, the season. Uh, reduce wastage is a common one, of course. Uh, nobody wants to, to to lose product or damage product through the process. Um, and, and things like temperature control and, and keeping a better and more accurate control over your process. They're, they're quite common to start. And, and automation, automation and digitalization are often seen as a, a productivity uh, solution. So um, you know, how, how do you make your business more productive? And a lot of people leap to the conclusion that that means uh, about having less people in the business. And, and that's really not true. So it's, uh, it, I'd go as far as saying that's a myth. Uh, plenty of evidence that suggests much technology, uh, it actually has a boost to a business, allows it to be more competitive, allows it to win more orders, allows it to grow, uh, and ultimately that saves jobs and even uh, increases the number of jobs. And there's many, many uh, examples of that out there. 
I think what uh, we would say is that automation augments people. It helps them to do their job better, helps them to make better decisions, uh, perhaps takes some of the stress of the job away from them, uh, makes their job safer, uh, and also contributes quite often to, to the environment. So most use cases uh, that we see uh, in, the, in the field are about problem solving. They're about uh, reducing the problems that businesses see uh, and making them more competitive. And I'm going to run through some examples of those things because quite often some of those problems are uh, either they've been around for so long that they're not seen as solvable or they're just seen as something that we put up with as part of the process uh, or it's hidden away. It's not the responsibility of the person who's been given the project. Um, and, and a good example of that is something like energy use. Um, where it's not always obvious who owns the problem uh, and energy is just seen as a resource that is needed to use. Um, but especially for heating or cooling, that can be quite energy intensive. So some common things uh, that you might want to look at when you're saying uh, what problems are we trying to solve. Don't just limit it to the first problem uh, that you've identified, but try and wrap it up into uh, any of the problems because quite often one solution can, can solve multiple problems in one go. It's more, more efficient to do so that way. So let's start with safety. I think that's a really important thing. It's at the top of many businesses' uh, priorities. Uh, it's a big driver for, for automation and digitalization. So reducing the risk of injury, uh, reducing the number of accidents. And that can be through things like uh, assisting with lifting and handling and taking away some of the repetitive strain injuries. Or it could be about guarding, uh, having safety barriers and making sure that machinery uh, is safe to be working around. Secondly, uh, energy reduction is another, another big driver that's been uh, pushed through the, the sort of environmental headlines that we've been getting. More and more people are, are taking care and stock of the, the amount of energy that's used in their business. Uh, and, and automation can bring a significant reduction to energy, particularly where you've got motor-driven systems. So things like pumps and fans, hoists, uh, anything where you've got heating and cooling, often you've got fans and pumps that are water cooling or air cooling. Uh, and all of those things can be made much more efficient through uh, control using automation. You'd be perhaps even quite surprised at the amount of energy that could be saved. Um, and quite often many businesses don't actually know how much energy is being used in the first place. Um, so having an audit done uh, and looking at that can be, can be quite an eye-opener. Reducing rejects and waste is, is, uh, is a big driver. Um, stopping products being damaged, uh, falling off conveyors, uh, making sure that products are, are conforming, uh, a, a really, really sort of obvious one. But also things like improving accuracy, making sure that the, the size or the weight or the volume of the product is, is accurate. Um, you know, if you've got a, a hundred grams of something, you don't want to give away 104 grams of something. Neither do you want to give your customer 94 grams of something. So making sure that the accuracy uh, is, is dead on is part of what automation is about. But also things like flexibility. So being able to run multiple products on the same line. Uh, or reducing things like products that change over time so that you've got more uptime available to, to make product. Uh, and also things like using predictive maintenance scheduling, using the data to drive decisions on when maintenance needs to be done um, and at what point in the day or the week that, that maintenance could be best done without uh, interrupting the production, production schedule. Also things like being able to make smaller batches, customised packaging. Um, there's a lot of digitalization that's being used into be able to make uh, the idea that we can have uh, more customized product and whether that's customized for a, for a particular customer or even kind of, uh, customized down to the very individual customer, uh, particularly where packaging uh, and there's some quite innovative solutions to be able to sort of 
uh, print and create packaging, which is bespoke without causing uh, a whole other setup time and downtime. And then there's the measurement side of it, uh, the measurement of the, the product quality, the, the content, uh, and looking for contaminant, that sort of thing. Also measurements and control of things like uh, viscosity or color or temperature to make sure that the processes are staying within uh, the specification they should be. Uh, and sorting, sorting products, uh, particularly where you've got perhaps organic products which come in all sorts of different shapes and sizes and colors uh, and sorting mechanisms to be able to do that. So basically that's a run through of, of some of the more common ones. Uh, there's probably a whole, whole raft of other things I haven't even mentioned there. Uh, and so really the thing I'm, I'm urging you to look at on that first step is not only define the problem you have, uh, but, but try and define uh, what your objectives are or all the things that could make your business more competitive. Once you've done that, that that's your first step and allows you to then sort of seek help uh, in, in making sure that the solution which is identified tries to address uh, all of those things. What that often then will do is give you a much better return on investment uh, because the investment you're putting in is solving multiple issues or allowing you to achieve multiple goals. So the second step is to consider the broader business impacts. So automation probably has, has been seen mostly about a manufacturing issue, um, but when we talk about digitalization, we're talking about the use of data uh, and the connecting of more and more parts of the business together. Uh, it's not just about the manufacturing process, but it's about all the other business systems that you have in place. So uh, consider things like logistics, warehousing, transport, packaging, labeling, tracking. Uh, all of those things can be integrated into your digitalization system uh, to help you not only with the, the part where uh, you're manufacturing from the start to the end of the process, but the part where the goods are coming in and the part where the goods are going out, uh, right? back to ordering either raw materials or receiving orders from your customer through to getting uh, to your customer. So a bit like uh, what we see with things like Amazon where uh, they're using data to track the entire process. Um, other business systems, things like business, uh, like production scheduling, um, shift planning, and the human resources side of it is equally as important. In fact, it's probably the most important part of uh, the business. Uh, material ordering, maintenance schedules, uh, all of these things should be sort of considered into the scope of what your project might look like. Uh, because again, not only are we talking about what happens in the manufacturing, but all the support services around that. Again, things like quality systems, traceability uh, is a big part of what digitalization can do, uh, sampling and testing analysis, and building all of that data uh, in, into the process helps better decisions get made uh, and the business be more more efficient. The one thing I would really emphasize in this part of the step is taking the people with you. Um, I did say uh, just, just now that people are probably the most important part of the business. Uh, automation and digitalization can sometimes be seen uh, as either a bit scary, uh, a bit of a threat. Sometimes it can be seen as a bit daunting. Um, and depending on who you're talking to, perhaps their age, perhaps their, their experience, they may or may not uh, have some fears uh, around this technology. And the best way to, to get over that is to involve everybody at, at all departments, all levels in those departments, um, to try and identify you know, what are the, the benefits, overcome the fears, um, and, and show that, that actually, in many ways, this can make not only the business better, uh, but it can help make uh, individuals' experience of their work life uh, much better too. The third step 
um, is to scale to your business needs. So this is about sometimes these projects are seen as well. You know, they're very high investment levels. It's fine for the automotive industry, but it's not so easy to do on a, a food and drink industry level. Um, you know, sometimes the return on investment calculations can often mean that uh, if you've got a only be a short-term vision, whether that's because um, being lent some money or, or shareholders uh, only have a short-term or want a return on investment that's quick, can sometimes limit an appetite for risk. And I think what we see in many cases are the returns on investment can be really quite quick. Um, and then actually the capital outlay doesn't have to be that high. And it can be done at a sort of a scaled level where you either take a, a pilot project, so you could put it onto one particular machine, or one production line only. Uh, you can show the proof of the benefits, overcome any sort of reticence um, about the return on investment, uh, and then sort of demonstrate that, that um, you know, the technology not only achieves the goals you set out to achieve, but perhaps has some other benefits too. And then it can be expanded out. The other thing uh, to bear in mind that um, as digitalization becomes more um, yeah, like any product really, I suppose, more mature uh, and used at greater levels, then sometimes the cost initially doesn't even have to be that high. It can be about uh, some sensors uh, and some software to get data back from your uh, business and understand what the, the opportunities are. Because sometimes, I'll go back to the very first part, understanding what your problem is. Sometimes you might understand your problem, but you can't necessarily uh, give a, a value to that problem. Uh, and, and be able to sort of measure that using data, using sensors, often allows you to then take the next steps, which is to demonstrate that you, you can see what the potential is, what you could move from, what you could move to. Um, so the scaling is important. Um, even SMEs at quite small levels can still look at projects. We've, we've seen some which are, um, you know, de they're demonstrators, but uh, they take something like a 1950s lathe or a pellet drill, uh, and by putting sensors on it, you get all sorts of information back, allowing you to, uh, to to run the process more efficiently and effectively. Uh, and whilst that's perhaps a bit extreme, it's a good good example of what, of how even something that was uh, designed perhaps 70 years ago can still be retrofitted. It's not all about having to sort of rip all your equipment out and put new stuff in. Uh, much of the digitalization uh, technology can be retrofitted to legacy equipment. The final part of the, uh, the step is bringing in the experts, uh, and this is where sometimes it's not always clear where those experts reside. Um, this was probably, you know, you can Google and you'll get many, many uh, sort of hits on people who are set up to try and help you with things. But um, if I was to sort of point you in the direction of a few uh, resources, um, of course, it goes without saying that uh, Gambica members, who are really the experts as vendors, uh, of this particular technology uh, are certainly a place to go there. Quite a few who've got experts in the food and drink uh, industries and are very focused on, on delivering that so they can they can give you some very specific sector uh, advice and, and based on the experience that they have. Um, you can, there's 200 members of Gambica, so I'm not going to mention any, but you can find them on our website, which is gambica.org.uk, and we've got a list of all of our members on there. There are also systems integrators. Um, and so they will take the technology and, and build it into the system. Uh, they will, uh, again, often be sector experts. So there will be many that are food and drink experts. And then we've got innovation centers. And I think these are really relatively new, I mean, not, not brand new, but 
things like the catapult centers you may have heard of, the, the high value manufacturing catapults in particular. But these are innovation centers partially funded by government, partially funded by industry. Uh, and they, what they try and do is bridge the gap and they take uh, technology innovation and try and bring it to businesses in a commercialized way. So the MTC, the Manufacturing Technology Center in Coventry, is probably a, a really good place to start uh, any inquiries to, to get some help. They run events, they run seminars, uh, and, and they can even do consultation for you. You may have heard of also the Made Smarter project, which is, uh, again, partially government funded, partially industry funded. It's uh, the idea really here is to help with the adoption of technology. So all the things I've just been running through and more. Um, again, it's a really, really focused organization uh, and its goal is to help businesses maximize their potential by adopting technology, which will help the business. And finally, the, the KTN, the Knowledge Transfer Network, again, which is a, uh, a government funded agency, which, which looks at trying to ensure that uh, projects and, and new technology and innovation are, are rolled out and are, and are available. So uh, all of those three things I think are worth doing. Uh, I mentioned them again because um, I haven't got a slide up here, so I can't give you a link, but the MTC uh, Manufacturing Technology Centre, which is one of the catapults in Coventry, Made Smarter, and KTN Knowledge Transfer Network. If you Google any of those, you'll, you'll, you'll find them quite easily. Uh, that brings me to the end. Just uh, wish you good luck on your journey. Um, I know that we can't answer questions live now, but happy that you put questions in the chat. We can come back to you later and enjoy the rest of your conference. Thank you for listening to this FDF podcast. FDF is the voice of the food and drink industry, supporting our members with the expertise to develop, grow and strengthen their business. To learn more about how we can help your business, contact us at members.inquiries at fdf.org.uk. There's no better time to become an FDF member.